Hello, lovely ladies, and welcome to Zion's Company of Women podcast. I'm Lana. And I'm Courtney. And it's wonderful to have you with us today. Good morning, Courtney. I love your Christmas. Good morning, Lana. Find you, my friend. Sparkly. Look at you. It makes me happy. I know. I'm one of those people that I think I said it last time. I like to decorate ridiculously early. Um, And I saw something on social media yesterday that is probably. I don't know if it's actually scientific or not, um, but it said that uh, they d- had done a study or something that said that people that decorate um, earlier for Christmas are happier. And I'm like, I just feel that in my spirit. Like that just resonates. I do too. I feel that. I feel that in the core of me, my friend. Hallelujah. I remember the year that the Lord said to me, Lana, I want you to leave your Christmas tree up all year. And it was this prophetic, it was really significant for the season that we were in. But that was one of the happiest times. Like, I just loved it. Like, it was Christmas all year round. It's beautiful. Like, the house looks prettier at night. Like, I can hide the laundry behind the glowing light. It's just, it just works. Yes. And can I just say, my friend, that that photo you sent me the other day that you found on social media of the Christmas tree that was made out of the laundry pile, that is, I could do that. <laughs> I could build it. Currently happening right now downstairs uh, in my bedroom on the chair. <laughs> I'm like, I'm growing a tree. Nobody touch it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm working on it. And it's, it's the tree that keeps on giving. Really because is. I don't know about your laundry pile, but mine just never ends. I get to the bottom and then the next day it's full again. So it never dies. It's a resurrection yeah. life. It, you know, my husband's a my husband's a gamer and uh he had a friend <laughs> that used to his his handle uh when he played games was um the laundry because it was never defeated. So I'm like, <laughs> I just, <laughs> just it resonates. It's too oh true. Oh my goodness. So funny. That's so true. So true. Well, all laundry aside, I am so excited this morning. We have the beautiful Eloise de Haas with us, who is uh, not only a wonderful staff member of Lana Borza Ministries and on team at Zion's Company of Women, but she is an incredible uh, friend of ours, and we're so excited that she's here with us this morning. So good morning, Eloise. Hi. Good morning, Lana. Good morning, Courtney. What a beautiful moment to celebrate Christmas already. I love that. I was just thinking about like um, we lived in America for a couple of years and we lived in this house. We had no furniture. But when it came around to Christmas time, we bought the biggest tree you could possibly buy and we filled the lounge room with it and we had to just leave it up for months. I think we took it down in February. We put it up like as early as possible. And when it left, though, my goodness, the hole that was in the the lounge room is very obvious. And so I'm assuming, Eloise, that it was a real real tree? It was a real tree, yes. And we even, like, tied it on the top of our car. We just did the whole American Christmas experience. It was the best. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay, I am. That's, like, I so want to do that one day. I just, I watch all the, you know, the Hallmark Christmas movies and how they go and get a tree and they tie it to the car and it's snowing. (sighs) It wasn't snowing. It was bucketing (laughs) with rain. (laughs) You can buy fake snow, right? And you can buy, like, cans of, like, stuff in America that makes your tree, like, your fake tree smell like a a real tree yeah yeah 
Or you can just get a car air freshener that looks like one of those little Christmas trees, looks like a pine, and you just stick it in there. What it it all we have ways. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love. Guys. We'll make it work. What was it like, Eloise? What was it like? Because I remember when I first started doing things with with people in Australia, learning, and it, it just never clicked with me before that your Christmases are are in the middle of summer, your season of summer. Uh, and I remember the first time I went over there, I was in one of these little shops and I was walking around and I was still seeing decorations out of Santa's and things like that in the snow and like Frosty the snowman and stuff like that. And I thought would I, it just struck me as funny because I thought, wouldn't, wouldn't they have their own like, you know, hot weather decorations? I don't know. It just kind of blew my mind there for a little bit. So what was on a surfboard. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, it's so funny what, because we listen to all the Christmas songs that are all like, let it snow, let it snow. And it's like yeah. 40 degrees, which for the Americans playing along let is it. like 80 or something. Let it sweat, <laughs> really let, it sweat. Oh, let it sweat. It's actually 100. You know? it's actually 100. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, we, and we're like, let it snow. Yes, let it snow. But yeah. We, lo we loved embracing the winter things. And um, the house we lived at, that same house that had the really big um, room with nothing in it um had like a little fireplace and um oh. because we had no chairs we would sit on the hearth and yeah. drink hot cocoa with the peppermint stick we don't do that in oh. australia but oh, we embraced it like hot cocoa marshmallows the peppermint stick in there it was just it just made sense christmas finally made sense Oh. <laughs> it's it's dreamy oh my goodness look i may or may not may not have uh thought about buying the fake snow that you can spray on your windows Do at it. Christmas and then having the aircon really cold and Do just it. imagining that like, oh, it's yeah. a white Christmas. I haven't done it yet, but uh, I really I, I want vote. to. I vote can of snow this year. That's my vote. I'll send you some if you need me to. Just let Thank me know. <laughs> Ship it over there. It'll be great. Oh, oh, Thank gosh. you. Oh, that my goodness. Oh, so fun. All right. So, Eloise, for those that are maybe like, oh, who is Eloise? You want to tell us a little bit about your wonderful self? Yeah, sure. I, um, uh, gosh, I'm married to Chris. We've been married for like 18 years. We live um, in the Adelaide Hills uh, in um, South Australia, which for those in America will have absolutely no idea where it is. People seem to have this like, um, they know kind of Sydney, mm -hmm. um, they maybe know Melbourne, maybe Brisbane, but Adelaide, they're like, where the heck is that? So, um, yeah, it's kind of at the bottom in the middle of Australia, um, and which is a long way from Lana, sadly. Um, yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we have two kids. Um, oh, my goodness, I have um, a teenager and a tween. It's so real right now. Um, the Lord is with you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have I a teenager and a tween as well. It's yeah, a it's a yeah. real place. Yeah, it's a real it is, it is a real place. It's so much learning, isn't it, Courtney? So yeah, much learning. Hundred um, percent. I was not prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, and they are. I have one boy and one girl. Charlie, girl, and Declan, my boy, my little boy, who's now taller than me. So, um, yeah, and we just I don't know when. We love camping and we love um, just being together as a family and um, we do love adventure, which is probably why we ended up in America for a couple of years and just um, 
yeah, it, we just do life together and um, make the most of every opportunity that comes our way. So, yeah, so I guess. good. So oh, and good. I love making sourdough and <laughs> yeah. making all the fermented things. <laughs> Oh, ladies, look, Eloise and I may, ha may have been in staff meetings at times with Joe and gone, hang on a sec, I've just got to get my sourdough out of the oven. <laughs> there more is a, more than once, right. And there's a real love that we have for, yes, sourdough. Anyway, but yes, it's wonderful to have you, Eloise. This is going to be wonderful. I'm so excited. So good. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. Um, not that we haven't already jumped into it because I feel like there's always things that we talk about at the beginning of the podcast that end up coming in, you know, as we go. Um, maybe Christmas will come back around as well. But um, let's start out, Eloise, let's start out with our first kind of leading question that we've been um, leading into a lot of these interviews with in this season. And um, that is, what does it mean to you to live as a woman of God fully alive? Like, that's a big concept. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that we've been doing is we really want to bring in a lot of the people that we walk with or that we know, um, and see what, what it is that, that it means to them through their lens, through their relationship with Christ, through the things that they've experienced and walked through, because it's all very unique to each individual person. Um, and, and part of this that Lana and I, are heart to do is to, to bring this out into the open and show people the beauty and the uniqueness of our individual relationships with Christ. So Eloise de Haas, what does it mean to you to live as a woman of God fully alive? Yeah, as you've encapsulated Courtney so well, it's like, oh, I feel like there's a million things that I can say right now, <laughs> a million. But um, I really have landed on one because the Lord's really been speaking to me um, about it um, over the last few, uh, probably a couple of months. Um, and it's something that's so relevant in um, my own personal walk with him and my own um, walk uh, of, of this journey that we call life <laughs> while we live here on earth. Um, and I um, is that, that uh, to live fully uh, as a woman fully alive is to live with um, with a trust in the redemption of the Lord. Mm. Um, when I kind of talk about that I, I come from like life's hard right like I, I don't know I'm sure there's somebody else out there who's experienced the hardships of life but I know for myself personally I feel like the hardships of life kind of never end and they just keep rolling on um, and have personally walked through some really really difficult things um, and actually to be honest I'm still walking through some really really difficult things and um so the the Lord's really been just um, has always highlighted to me the, His redemption, and so He um, so I really feel I'm just trying to work out where to, where to come at it because I can come at it from a couple of different um, angles. But I think you know when life throws us curveballs and we end up you know finding ourselves in the valley of the shadow of death. It's not death. It is a place and it's hard and it feels dry and it feels lonely and it feels very dark. Um, we can give up or we can choose and I think that's probably um, one of the biggest things. We can choose to trust the yeah. redemption of the Lord. We can choose to trust that the redemption of the Lord is coming. There is going to be a season where it comes about 
Mm-hmm. And um, I think for myself, I've got just so many moments where I've just had to actually vocalise, oh, God, I choose again to trust in you. I choose again to trust in your redemption. I choose to trust in your goodness. I choose to trust in your kindness, you know, to know that you are turning um, all things together yeah. for my good. Mm-hmm. Um, and and also, you know, just to quote a bit of scripture, also, you know, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Like, he's there's... The ultimate redemption, of course, was when um, when Jesus died on the cross to redeem us and bring us back to the Father, to relationship with the Father. I think, you know, that's such a long process from when we <laughs> out of the garden, right, way back in Genesis 1. And then there's such a long time between that where the Lord talks so much about his redemption and how it's coming and mm. how there's, you know, um, you know even that um, the verse I'm going to refer to in a minute is the verse that refers to Jesus is coming and there's such a long period they waited so long and some people didn't see that redemption but we get to live on the other side of that yes Um, and I and I believe as well like I think um some people think oh well I'll be redeemed when I get to heaven and it'll all be um you know when I get to heaven it'll all be good and I don't have to believe for that here but I actually truly believe that the Lord wants to bring about the redemption while we're still here on earth. There is an ultimate redemption, being in heaven, being with him, where everything's perfect and the streets are made of gold, and I look forward to that. But I do believe that he brings about that redemption um, on this side of heaven as well. Um, yeah, so that's that's um, one of the things that, um, yeah, I do, I'm not sure. <laughs> Do you ladies want to say anything about that before I launch into it? Because I feel like. Sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll take us in a completely different direction. <laughs> oh, you go. You go whichever way. Yeah. You feel like the Lord is leading. I just wanted to jump on that really quickly, Eloise, because I think sometimes um, I know for myself in journeys that I've been through where there's been some really tough seasons. And I remember sometimes um, sitting with the Lord and going, okay, like you said, like I choose, Lord, to trust in your redemption. Like I choose to trust, like this is who you are and like you are the God that restores and redeems and this is who you are. And so there's that intense intentionality of choice in that moment. Um, And then I just, what I heard as you were sharing was, something that I learned in my journey was it was so easy in those hard spaces, right, to um, to really focus on the things that need redemption, right? So for me, I would be like, oh, this circumstance or this, this part that needs like I need the Lord to move or whatever it might be, um, whether it's like a, a situation or my own identity, whatever it might be, there was this highlight for me through many years of it's so important, isn't it, when we choose to trust it's actually about how not only our heart position, but how we see and what we look at. Um, and I just, I love as you were sharing, because as you're talking, I'm hearing the sound of a woman who is choosing to focus upon who he is and the redemption of the Lord 
even in those really dark places, like those really hard moments where you feel like, like I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death or I am like in a wilderness or I'm in the dark night of the soul, like how easy is it at times to focus on things that are going on in that place but actually the true strength comes when we place our eyes on who he is right and and trusting in not only who he is but that he is uh, the god of redemption so i just love that because i think that where we're at right now i think we are in such a time where god is restoring and redeeming and it's just really important that we every day are keeping our eyes on him and that place of choosing to trust in him and his redemption. So I love it. Love what yeah. you shared. I love, I love that too, Eloise. And um, I, it's funny because this morning I went, um, I just went and had my coffee and my time with the Lord and um, he had me in Psalm 22 and it's not a place I normally sit. Um, but if you get a chance to read, especially in um, the Passion Translation, you know, it's a prophetic portrait of the cross is what it's titled. So it's basically written and read it from the perspective of Jesus crying out to the father as he's on the cross. And so it's just like 21 verses of just absolutely heart wrenching. Like my joints have been pulled apart. I have no flesh. Um, they're ripping me apart. Like it's absolutely awful, <laughs> awful, intense. awful. Yeah. Very intense, very intense. But then you get down to verse 22. So it's chapter 22, verse 22. And it says in here, (laughs) there it is. And it, what happens between verse 21 and 22 is a resurrection. Mm. Like the resurrection literally happens between two verses in the same Psalm. Mm. So I drew a line around it and I stopped there for a moment and I thought it's not even a different Psalm. It's Mm. right smack dab in the middle of it where resurrection happens. And it goes, it shifts from like, save me from all the power of the enemy from this roaring lion raging against me in the power of this dark horde to I will praise your name before all my brothers. As my people gather, I will praise you in their midst. And it just goes on the rest of the Psalm. It's just Jesus praising the father um, that he's heard his cries of deep. So as you were sharing about that, that, you know, resurrection or redemption happens in heaven. Yes, absolutely. Um, and that it also, but also his heart is for those things to happen here. And then now that just really struck me. And I think that that's, um, Mm. such a posture of positioning ourselves with him in so many different ways and in so many different avenues in life. Mm. It's really beautiful. Can I just jump in one second, just before you jump in Eloise, because I just want to read ladies, listen to the footnote of uh, the verse that Courtney just um, just read. So it's it says, Brian Simmons has written here, between verses 21 and 22, the glorious resurrection of Jesus takes place. But then he says this, the music is elevated to a higher key as victory is sounded forth. My people gather after that is a reference to the church that was birthed through his resurrection glory. But I just love that when you read that, Courtney, my eyes look down and I'm like, oh, the music is elevated to a higher key as victory is sounded for. Like, wow, so beautiful. Some of us know that Psalm 23, we know that Psalm, the, the Good Shepherd, but I've never thought like Holy Spirit is very much in all of the details. So he's in the ordering of chapters in the Bible. He put Psalm 23 right after Psalm 22. 
like, and Jesus goes on, like you talked about Eloise, he talked about the dark valleys or the valleys of the shadow of death. That's right in the next Psalm. Like that's right there, but it's Jesus from the perspective of, I know the finish Mm. already. Like I've already finished it. I know what the outcome is going to be. So we can walk through this to get to the other side. And there's something on that, I think. And I just feel like um, even as you guys are talking and I didn't think about this, that up until now, it's just like, oh, when Jesus went to the cross, like he, that was the ultimate, ultimate um, trusting in the redemption of the Lord, wasn't it? Like he actually like handed himself over to the father. Like he couldn't control whether he was risen from the dead or not. Like it relied on the father and that ultimate like, willingness to hand himself over and be like you know I trust in your redemption plan I trust in you know what you're doing and that's just like oh my gosh to me you know what I've walked through is nothing compared to you know what Jesus would have faced in those moments in the lead up to that and and you know having faith and hope and trust that the Lord would um, bring him back but um, from the dead and and, um, complete his plan but also having zero control over that <laughs> and knowing that he was just completely giving himself over to the Lord. And um, I, I know for myself, like, that has just been such a, it's such a difficult place to be in, you know, that place of, like, oh, I just want to, I just want this fixed now and I just want everything to be you know, normal or I just want everything to to come into his redemption plan but knowing that I, I actually can't do that on my own. Like, it's by my strength I can't bring about the the things that need to happen for redemption to take place like I actually can't do that I have to choose to trust the Lord I have to choose to hand it over to him Mm. um you know and you know I like to take it back quite regularly (laughs) and then (laughs) come back to the place place of having to give it back over to him um Mm. and I think I'm sure others (laughs) oh yeah but, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, I just, the last season for myself has been probably one of my most difficult seasons, although there's been some absolute incredible things that the Lord has done and incredible, you know, th- things that I've experienced. Um, the, the last season has been really difficult and in the lead up mm-hmm. to like, today, to this season, to probably even um, like I think when the, the the year switched over, um, the new um, Hebraic year. I think mm-hmm. up until then, now now I'm like feeling like the season's shifting. But um, mm-hmm. and and actually, ever since then, um, the Lord's been talking to me, which is where this has probably really come out of. And I think it's something that is um, that He's speaking loudly, um, mm-hmm. which is the Isaiah 61, "Beauty for ashes, joy for mourning, um, praise for heaviness." Yes. Um, and I've just been, um, he's just been like, it's like in stereo. It's like, oh, my gosh, in every, like, everywhere that I look, every everywhere that I go is, like, speaking this um, beauty for ashes. And um, I wanted to share, like, just a little example of that to just um, that kind of has really gotten me, um, really spoken to my heart about who the Lord is, you know, and it's very, it's a very simple little example, but um, the church that I go to, we, uh, we're in a building and um, they have like a, we don't have a big stage or anything. It's just all one, one level, which I love, <laughs> but uh, for many reasons, which is a totally different podcast, but um, uh, 
he uh, the the guy that um that, that started it the pastor of our church they um had these curtains up and look i'm going to tell you it was beautiful it looked great it looked lovely they had these black curtains and they had these little twinkly you would have loved it Lana. had little twinkly lights as well. <laughs> but, you know it it looked good uh, mm-hmm. you know and nobody would have you know really said anything um except this beautiful lady came into our church who is an incredible seamstress and um makes clothing and has this like great mm-hmm. eye for creativity and all these kinds of things um and she was currently working um for a curtain um place uh, mm-hmm. a local curtain business and uh he, she went to him and she said look you know um I, i'd really love to get new curtains for you and I love to put these, you know, curtains up and, you know, I just think it's really going to make a big difference. And so that a few months have gone by mm-hmm. um, and they finally put these curtains up. And I remember when I saw the photo, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, wow, like, far, like there's something on those curtains. Like, good or bad? There's something about those curtains, like something is, they're speaking, you know, the curtains are speaking. Wow. But actually, the Lord speaking. Um, and so I just remember, like that first, that first. Um, I think it was like a prayer meeting, maybe a week after. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the meantime, I had discovered, I'd since discovered that the original curtains, somebody else was throwing them away, and they refer will now be referred to as the dumpster curtains, and um, which is how my friend who made the beautiful curtains referred to them. Um, and oh, we were at this prayer meeting, and the Lord just started to speak to me like so powerfully about how like these these dumpster curtains had been hung, and they'd they'd felt right, and they'd felt good, and you know they'd been they'd been okay. But oh my gosh, the Lord had so much more. And these new curtains are like they are velvet, and they are so luxurious, and they are just like so beautiful and I just the Lord is like just like screaming oh my god like you think your life you know you think your life's in the dumpster you think that the things that you've faced and the things that you've been through are just like so horrible but oh my god the Lord has the most beautiful redemption for you he has a luxurious you know velvet style redemption that is coming in in his in this beauty for ashes like it's not even like you know, um, beauty first, something that you've brought that could be potentially beautiful. It's like, no, no, that's, that's ash. That's like nothing. That's like everything is dead. Everything is gone. And he's like, no, I'm going to I'm gonna bring about something beautiful out of that. Um, and I just feel like that's this season, you know, like the last season can feel like lots of people. For myself, all I've got is ash. I've got a, great, I got a big old pile of ash. <laughs> And um, the Lord's like, no, no, I'm bringing, I'm bringing about the beauty. I'm, I'm turning it into something beautiful. I'm redeeming everything. Um, you know, the, the mourning, the sorrow that you've experienced. I'm turning it into joy. I'm turning it around completely in this, in, in this season right now. Um, and that, you know, it, it just ties in. We have to trust that the Lord's going to do that. We have to trust that He's the one. Um, who's going to bring him? I, I certainly can't make anything beautiful out of ashes. Like, mm. I someone probably could make a painting or something. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that's so true. Um, I, I want to ask you real fast, Eloise, like what do you think are some key components to that, like to walking with the Lord in a season like this? What do you think are some 
of those, um, yeah, just key components in, in moving with him into that right yeah. now. And I think that's like, I've thought about that um, a lot and I can only speak from my own experience. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, oh, the, the biggest one that like yells out to me is we have to be willing to lay it down. We have to be willing to hand it over. Like we have to choose to to hand it over. I feel like sometimes like the things that we experience and the things that we go through, it's sickness or, um, you know, things in our life, you know, whatever, they can sometimes become a bit of an identity for us. And we can start to, especially if we've been going through it for a long time, and it can become like something that we gain, you know, almost gain solace in, you know, like this is something. But there's a, a power in being able to lay that down and hand it over to the Lord and, mm -hmm. and actually give him our ashes. Like it's like if we hold on to it, he he can't make it beautiful. Like mm -hmm. we have to hand it over. We have to lay it down to him. And that can be ridiculously hard for some people mm -hmm. to do like I believe mm -hmm. that that's you know um just anything anything in our life to lay it down in front of the Lord is really difficult but when mm -hmm. it's something that's become quite you know I think of people who go on health journeys that last like their whole life yeah and I think oh my gosh like handing that over would be so difficult you know to, to trust again uh, over and over again to trust oh my gosh the Lord's going to redeem this like I know he's going to redeem this and um yeah so I think that's a really that's a really big one and I think also just um choosing to keep to lift our eyes like just choosing over and over again to lift our eyes and um even when it's hard and even when it feels like you know um, nothing's working out. Like I, I've been talking to my husband the last couple of days. I tell you what, guys, I'm like, <laughs> the Lord's like testing it. You know, he's like, you're going to release this word. Is this, do you actually believe it? And I'm like, but it's true. I know when I come back, you know, I know that it's true and just continuously choosing to, to look up, just look up like you're talking about, Lana, like just yeah. look up and, um, yeah, and choose to trust in, in him, yeah. So good. And I think, you know, Eloise, as you're talking, um, I think, you know, every time we do that, like every time we uh, let it go again, like we hand it over again, every time we look up again, I think sometimes we can go, oh, gosh, like I've taken it back again. Oh, okay, I've got to hand it over again. And, and it can become... Um, I know sometimes in my own journey it's become like uh, I felt really bad, like, oh, my gosh, like I've picked it up again or I haven't kept my eyes on the Lord and, you know, condemnation. Can start, right? Yeah. yeah, right, start whispering in your ear and you start spiralling. And I remember the phrase that the Lord gave me and I'm, I'm hearing it as you were sharing and it's the phrase you're growing up into. And I realised that every time um, I hand that over again, like I may have taken it back and, okay, Lord, I'm sorry that I've taken it back, but I'm handing it over again. Every time I hand it over, I'm growing up a little bit more. Like I'm growing up a little bit more into trust and I'm growing up a little bit more into that place of, of really, um, you know, strength to be able to keep my eyes firmly fixed on him. Like there's this growth process, I think, that happens within us as well 
in that space of wrestle. Like, let's be real. Like, it's so hard sometimes to to let something go, especially when the journey has been so long, like that place where you're battling the natural realm like crazy and yet the Lord is saying, I'm going to redeem and this is who I am and I have beauty for ashes and you're like in the waiting room of like what feels like like it's on like Donkey Kong, right? But in that place, I think in that process of like, again, I lay it down, Lord. Again, I I lift my eyes to you, Lord. There is a strength and a fortifying, I think, in that process that God does that that really can't be taken from us. It's something that takes us deeper into the reality of my life and my source and my strength and my hope and my peace and my everything is rooted and founded in him, right? He is the God of redemption. He is good. And it builds this, like this foundation of strength uh, within me rooted in the one who never changes. And so I love what you're sharing because I think if we really um, lean into this in every season, then we will find that it doesn't mean that seasons won't come, that we won't find really difficult, but our our life source and our stability, we remain like strong and dependent, right? Rather than sometimes we can get knocked around by how hard things get and how challenging life can be. And so as I'm listening to you, I'm like, yes, like on, I'm hearing this this sound of what God does in the process and to encourage you ladies listening that don't discount those moments, right? Like the the process place. I'm hearing like there's a, there's a purifying in the process and uh, nobody can take that away from you when you, when you, when you walk through it, when you, when you build Mm. those things in as the Lord, Mm. you know, battling things with the Lord that nobody can take that from you. Yeah. yeah, and um, I remember, like, um, I don't know where I heard it, but they um, they were speaking about how, like, when you're squeezed, you see, like, what comes out is, um, you know, is evidence of what's in in your heart, you know. And I think those seasons are what we what we see, and though sometimes, that, like, things can come out that we're like, oh, that's a bit gross. Like, where did that come from? But it's that, it's that purifying that the Lord can do in that moment when we bring that to him. We're like, oh, my gosh, Lord, I'm so sorry that that came out. I don't know where that came from. Help me, you know, help me navigate this. Help teach me what what do I do with this, mm. um, that, he, that, that purifying happens. And so there's the redemption, but there's the journey to the redemption as well, you know. Yeah. yeah, so good. And I wanted to just say this uh, quickly because it reminded me when you were talking about handing things over. And I remember one time the Lord said to me, I was sitting, uh, having a nice cup of coffee and Lord, what's on your heart today? And he said to me, make a list of all the things in your life that need restoration. And I was like, that's hardly going to be a very encouraging list to write. <laughs> right? And he's like, no, 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 write it down, Lana. And so I began to write down this list. Okay, this is what needs redemption in my life. This is what needs restoration and all of the things. And I'm writing it all down. And then when I got to the end, the Lord says to me, now, every single one of those things I want you to bring to me, he said, and I want you to bring it to me, not only handing it over, but actually um, asking me what I'm going to give you in return. What What does the redemption look like? Like, what's 
the promise? And mm-hmm. I began to sit there going, okay, so this thing, Lord, that really hurt. Like what, what's your, what's your word in this moment? And let's say the Lord would speak healing. And I'm like, okay, Lord. So I exchange my, my, let's say my sickness or my, my sorrow, whatever it is for your peace and for your healing. And it cultivated this, um, this place in me of, I don't have to accept what I'm walking through. Like I I don't have to live under, yes, my circumstance is very real and it's very much happening, but that's not actually my ultimate truth. Like my ultimate truth is who he is and what he's saying. And so I went through this journey and then my beautiful friend Catherine Ruanala uh, wrote a book called Double for Your Trouble. And in this book, she talks about the divine um, exchange and she says like with currency let's say if you're traveling in another nation you get a different currency then you come back to Australia you need to convert that currency back to Australian dollars right and she's like anything in your life that you walk through like the pain the shame the sickness whatever it is that's foreign currency to the kingdom that's not kingdom currency she's like so take that currency and hand it to the lord and receive his currency which is what double for your trouble it's it's beauty for ashes it's joy for mourning and in that i'm just like oh lord help me to keep short accounts like in every season help me to be intentional to continue to lay it down and to, by faith, take on what your word says is actually my portion. So I just, I love that you said that, Eloise. There's such gold and such a key in that for everyone. You just ministering to me right now. I don't know. Yes, I receive. <laughs> <laughs> I keep meaning to buy that book. I think it's definitely got to be done. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think it's it's interesting because you you mentioned a couple of times, Eloise, like people that have walked through like long-term things. We've walked through like longer seasons or really intense times or whatever. And I think sometimes we have these like false ways of thinking in the kingdom where, or not in the kingdom, but in the body of Christ, where we think that like our emotions, we like to label them as negative or positive and some are acceptable and some are not. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that's just not true. I'm just going to put that out there. They just are what they are. Um, and in this place of unloading, like you're talking about Lana, where you're laying something down or Eloise, even if you're like relinquishing control over something to the Lord, I have found that that's really difficult to do if we have not been honest with him or even ourselves about how we're feeling about something or about the difficulty of something. And I'm not saying like a wallowing. I'm not saying like we just get down in that little mud hole and we hang out there for a while. I mean, like I've done it. Don't get me wrong. Um, But I'm talking about just having that open and conversation with him about like, Hey, I, I even said something today to forgive me for this strong wording, but I said something to him and I was like, I hate this. Like, I actually hate this situation. Like, all of this feels wrong. This doesn't align with anything that I feel like you actually want um, for for this situation. And <clears throat> I really don't like it. And when we get honest with him and, and even with ourselves about that, you actually allow yourself to move through it. Yeah. And it makes it yeah. so much easier to get to the other part, which is, man, okay, all right, I'm going to let this. I can give you this. I know you know how I feel about it. I know you know how I feel about it. 
-hmm. And now, now I'm ready, but that's the process that we have to go through. But if we haven't been taught or we're not at that place yet where we realize we have the freedom of relationship with Jesus to be able to do that. And if you're not sure about it, go read the Psalms. Listen to David. David just like pours his guts out to God, like completely unfiltered about what's going on and how he feels about something. And by the end of it, then he's, then he's like switched positions and now he's preaching himself into a, you know, into a higher place. But that has to, we have to sometimes move through those things. And some, if we don't feel like we have the freedom to do that, or we don't realize that we, the Lord wants that from us. Like that's something that, um, like that's made for him. Those conversations are meant to happen with him. And if we're not having them, then I wonder it's a lot harder for us, for me at least to move through that and move to the other the other side of it or, or to even just resolve it and say, okay, I'm ready now to go on to the next part of this with you. So I just wanted to put that out there. I, I just love to add to that. I just, um, actually the Lord reminded me of this the other day and it's interesting that you bring this up now, Courtney. And I really, um, there was a moment where I realized, um, a, a couple of years back, um, that <clears throat> like there, there's a, di- there's a divine exchange that happens with our sin. Yeah. Um, we, we leave it at the foot of the cross and we, and we walk away and it's dealt with and it's done and it's sorted out, you know. The, con- the consequences of that are different, but the actual act, the thing that we've done that isn't right is dealt with at the cross. I realise in my life I tried to um, deal with the hard things of my life the same way and people were just like, lay it down at the foot of the cross. I'm like, I did, like a gazillion times. Yeah. <laughs> changed and I still feel so broken and so Mm -hmm. heart like my heart is still so um struggling to be able to um comprehend and and work through these these um deep things and one I look let's just get vulnerable one of the things was the fact that my um my mum passed when I was two and a half Mm -hmm. and I realized in this moment when I was in with this person speaking I realized oh my gosh I'm like 36 mm-hmm. and I'm now realizing for the whole time that I've tried to even make sense of this whole thing I've just mm-hmm. been trying to deal with it like I you know had some some sort of sin I just been like mm-hmm. running to the cross and dumping it there and running away and hoping that it would go away mm-hmm. and it didn't mm-hmm. and and it can't because I had to get honest I had to get real with with how I felt with what was going on with what cost me with the you know mm-hmm. the, the pain and the and everything and the lord uh, you know did some crazy things and i'm still i'm still working through it you know i'm like five years mm-hmm. down the track from that moment of realizing oh my gosh i've i've actually just tried to deal with this the wrong way you know and and i think as christians we we use a lot of words and we throw mm-hmm. out a lot of things and and but we we don't help people through you know yeah. we need to get honest we need to be real we need to be able to you know, pour our heart out to the Lord about what mm-hmm. what that's costing us right now and mm-hmm. how that, you know, and what we're trusting him for in return, like you were saying, Lana. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to encourage anyone who who feels that way, you know, like, oh, I laid it down a gazillion times and nothing's mm-hmm. happening and, and, you know, there's no there's no freedom for me from that pain and, the, and what I'm carrying and what I'm feeling. Just ask the question, have I got real about what that is and, and what does that, what does that actually look like? And look, you're probably going to need help. 
there's no shame in needing help. No. <laughs> no shame at all, you know, when you're when you're carrying these things that you're trying to work through with the Lord. Like that that's yeah. why he gives us a body. That's why that's we right. have others to walk through. So yeah, I, I yeah. really resonate with that Courtney like a lot. Yeah. We need Jesus with skin on sometimes. We need someone that's walking next to us. But even mm-hmm. if they're walking next to us, they look at us. They still see it from a different angle. They will still see mm-hmm. things, yeah. things out. Um, and it's, you know, we need the body. We need one another. Jesus. Yeah. For mm-hmm. sure. And there's a there's an element of vulnerability in that, too, Eloise, that like we've become averse to vulnerability because it's risky and because yeah. there's times where we've been hurt. But actually, the vulnerability is where the reward is, because vulnerability brings intimacy, and it brings healing, and it brings Mm -hmm. being seen. And those are all absolutely necessary things that if we're to leave something at the foot of the cross, like there's also things that we're meant to move through, not just leave. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll just leave that. I'll just put that put that there yeah. <laughs> leave that part there because that's, like that's a whole like <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but the reward of that is is massive hmm. so if, if anyone is feeling you know hesitant to that i would encourage you to just take a take a little while and look at the rewards what would the rewards of vulnerability be and sometimes you have to mm-hmm. experience it you have to risk you have to risk again yes. i remember yes. asking a counselor of mine one time like well, well, what am I supposed to do about this? How am I supposed to like grow vulnerability in this area? And she's like, you have to risk. Mm-hmm. That's just part of it. And so sometimes mm-hmm. we have to heal first before we can get to the point where we feel like, okay, I'm ready to risk. Cause I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but I'm willing to try something. Um, I, so I say all that to say, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. We need one another and walking through a lot of these things. And that's a beautiful thing about the body. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So good. And I think as well, like, I just want to say that, you know, the Lord isn't afraid of those really real places and those really real conversations. Like, I think sometimes, like, we can we can get all, like, kind of religious and like, okay, like, I can't say that because God's going to get really upset and whatever. Like, who said it? Was it you, Courtney, that said, like, look at the Psalms? Was it you, Eloise? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, look at look at the Psalms, right? And it's not an excuse. Like, it's not not saying, okay, let's all, you know, live in unbelief and, and all of that stuff. Like, that's not, that's not what we're saying. But there's something that happens within us, right, that when you just squash stuff down and go, okay, mm-hmm. like, I'll just leave it and, I'm, and I'll just declare, well, hang on a sec, like, catch the troubling foxes that are raiding the vineyard of intimacy, right? Those things that that so creep into our hearts in the process where you're like, God, like, this is really hard. Like, and I'm going to, like, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I'm finding this really difficult right now. And God isn't standing on the sideline going, well, Lana, when you can kind of get it all together and you can kind of get everything in check, well, then I'll help you. No, he's my ever-present help in time of need. So, yes, like, I am going to process it with you, but in my process of that real conversation, it's unto something. It is unto that place of, God, I this is how I'm feeling, but I need you to show up. Like I need you to walk in as my healer. I need you to comfort me right now or whatever it might look like, you know, in order to walk that process. I think so often we shy away from those places because 
we've been told you just you can't go there like just don't go there because like that's not faith well hang on I need to expose what's going on inside of me and bring that into the light so then yeah. I can get healed and set free from it and be able to walk in faith like if I've yeah. got a part of my heart that's angry at the Lord and and or like you know, angry at my circumstances or I've got bitterness hiding in my heart somewhere, like I can't truly walk in faith until I am set free from those roots. And so Amen. I just think this is such a important conversation because, yeah, I think even for my own life, for many years I was just told like, hey, oh, you're in fear or you're feeling angry. Lana, that's wrong. Like the Lord doesn't like that push it down, like don't do that. And so what happened for me is I kept pushing and pushing and pushing and not acknowledging what was going on in my heart to then hit my 30s and go, I can't cope anymore. And I've got layers <laughs> upon layers of like. Why does always fall apart in your 30s? <laughs> <laughs> right. Come on. Yeah. Like we just had babies. Like can we I just get a break? Like, sorry. I know. <laughs> It's so true. And, you know, and I just think, gosh, like, let us be, yeah, have courage because for me, like, to be vulnerable, golly gosh, it's, 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 we need courage and we need courage to face sometimes what's even going on in our own heart and to be honest, to actually sit with the Lord and go, this is how I'm feeling right now. That can take courage, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Love this. Sorry, sometimes it can take courage to even trust in his redemption. Like sometimes yeah. I'm like, Lord, give me courage to trust that mm -hmm. you are actually doing yeah. something here. <laughs> I love that mm -hmm. this word courage has come up because there's another verse in that Psalm 22 where Jesus is speaking and he says, now I'm completely exhausted. I'm spent. Every joint of my body has been pulled apart. My courage has vanished and my inward parts have melted away. And yet, even when we're at that point where we feel that way, like Christ is, he identifies with us. Like I, we haven't necessarily physically gone to the cross, but can you even, I can't even, I can't even wrap my mind around what he must have felt like in yeah. that moment. But for him to, to model for us in that place, what it looks like to be vulnerable with the father and to be honest with him about how we feel. Did the Lord rebuke him? No, he resurrected him. Like yes, that's, that's just hang on for a couple more verses because that's coming in 22, 22. You know what I mean? It's there. So it's just this whole conversation. I think it's so important to remember the grace and the faithfulness of the father. And it's not dependent upon us. Like that, you know, I remember feeling so much like that when I was, um, when I was younger and especially into motherhood, I'll just share this one little bit and then I'll wrap up. Um, but just feeling like I, the pressure of like, I have to have all the answers. I'm supposed to know everything. I'm just supposed to magically have sort of had a download from the father in the middle of the night when I'm pregnant and I'm supposed to know exactly what I'm supposed to do all the time. Oh well, that gosh. didn't happen, but I do have the Holy Spirit. Praise God. But yeah. I have messed up multiple times. But you, you get what I'm saying is that we have to have that place of connection with him. And mm -hmm. there's vulnerability in that. But there's also a lot of grace that even when I have no clue what I'm doing, which is 99% of the time, yeah. I, still, yeah. I, can, I can rely, I can lean, I can lay myself on the faithfulness of the Father. I can lay myself on his grace. That even mm -hmm. if I come to him and I'm like, my courage is like 
this right now. Help. Yeah. yeah. Help. That's yeah. our place. That's what he's given us. We have boldness to come to him, even in that place of, I, I got nothing. I really need you to help walk me through this right now. And he's so faithful to do that. He is. He really yeah. is. So, so <laughs> this has been wonderful. I am just sorry. I am just sitting here like, oh, I'm saline in in everything that we just said, and I'm like, oh, do I need to actually open my mouth and say something now? Because I'm actually enjoying the presence of the Lord. That's yeah. right. Oh my yeah. goodness. Oh, yeah. but Eloise, would you um would you mind praying for the ladies that are listening? I just I really feel like the Lord has just so used you to just open up this beautiful space i just i feel the tangible presence of the lord um so if you wouldn't mind praying that would be wonderful yeah, yeah i'd love to i just love <laughs> that space so yeah thank you jesus yeah we just thank you um for your presence lord we thank you for what you're doing and um, in each of our lives, in each of our hearts. And, um, yeah, God, we just bring those vulnerable places before you and we just, mm -hmm. we just, um, we choose again to trust in your redemption. We choose again to trust in your goodness and your kindness and um, the way that you just minister to us and, and love us um, even when we don't deserve it. So, um, Father God, I just, um, I just pray for each um woman who is listening right now girl lady <laughs> i just, uh, father god i just ask that you would just um minister to their hearts in um in beautiful and tangible ways lord those who are really struggling who are you know at the bottom of the valley of the shadow of death who are just like oh god i just can't tell you anymore father god i pray that you would come to them with um, dreams visions or um, even prophetic words lord that would just um, just give their heart courage in this season to just keep going and to keep trusting. Um, and, Lord, I invite you to make yourself known to them. I invite you in their, in their difficulty, in their struggle, Lord, I pray that you would um, make yourself known, that they would bump into you no matter where they go and they would feel your kindness and your goodness in this season. And, Father God, for those who are, who are just, um, Lord, that know that things are going really well right now and they're enjoying and they're like oh I don't want to hear about this stuff Lord I just pray that you would just prepare their hearts for um, any season that might come and meet them in the future Lord I pray that you would um, bring the purifying in on the mountain <laughs> as well as in the valley Lord that you would just um, yeah just bring joy to their heart and courage to their spirit that they can face no matter whatever comes their way they can face it with you. And so I just bless their spirits right now to know you are ever present and ever um, close to them and in everything that they face in their life. Um, and I just bless them to know your goodness and your kindness in the land of the living. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Oh, Eloise, this has been stunning. Thank you so much for jumping on and for sharing your heart and sharing what the Lord um, has given you and who you are. This has been an incredible, incredible conversation and I know that there's going to be so many women that are going to be so impacted by Jesus in you and who you are. So thank you. It's been lovely. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs>
It's been wonderful. Well, lovely ladies, we are going to put, uh, for those of you watching uh, on YouTube, we are going to put a banner up right now on the screen. There you go, where you can follow along with Eloise um, at Whole Hard, uh, sorry, Wholehearted Kingdom Living. So that's on Instagram. Um, and for those of you that are on listening on uh, audio, if you type in at and then wholehearted underscore kingdom underscore living, you will be able to follow along with the beautiful Eloise. Do you want to say anything about wholehearted kingdom living page, Eloise? I probably could because it's been a little bit quiet of recent. <laughs> but my husband and I um, recorded a series of podcasts, just felt the Lord leading us into that. Um, life kind of has come in the way and we haven't recorded for a while, but we um, plan to... Uh, record again in the new year um, with what the Lord's been speaking to us and um, yeah so if you go there and you're like oh my gosh there hasn't been a post for a year it's okay hopefully there'll be a little update and a little post going up um, in the new year so it's yeah it should be yeah. good we'll see what the Lord has <laughs> Yes, watch this space, ladies. Watch this space. Follow along because there's some there's some glory coming. There's some some good things coming. So make sure you follow along with the beautiful Eloise and uh, and her wonderful husband. Well, thank you, lovely ladies, for joining us again for another episode of uh, Zion's Company of Women podcast. It's always a joy to sit in this space with you and rejoice in all that the Lord. Uh, does in you as we sit together and just love on him so we will see you next time bye we hope that this podcast has blessed you and we have been blessed by bringing it to you today if you would like to see more of what zion's company of women is about please check out our website zionscompanyofwomen.com we pray that your